But we're talking about how to make fun or create fun out of nothing with kids at home. And joining us on the line is parenting and human potential expert, Nikki Bush. Nikki, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Gurks. It's good to have you on. So many parents, uh, you know, kids at home, especially over the holidays, and there is this pressure of how do you create fun without, you know, spending money or having to leave um, the house. And what are the benefits of making fun out of nothing with children? Well, that's such a lovely question to kick the morning off, Googs. And I want to relate it back to what you just asked our listeners, which is what did you inherit from your parents? And one of the things I inherited from my parents is an absolute love of play. Mm-hmm. And play is just the most powerful way to connect with family members, particularly with children. But it doesn't stop at children because I think that every human being is hardwired to play. Mm -hmm. And here's a great example. So last weekend, the Easter weekend, we had a family get together, which now with, uh, you know, all my sisters, their children and our kids are now um, mostly beyond teenagers. So, you know, just after school, we've got two still in school. Um, So that was about 20 people because we also had boyfriends and girlfriends as well. And one of the things we did after dinner was we played an hilarious game of gestures. And to watch 20 people just having such fun, um, laughing hysterically, people acting out words, because that's what gestures is all about, is that you act out words against a timer. And I just sat back and I thought, this is the legacy of this family, is that for generation after generation, play has been a touchstone, a cornerstone of how we do family, how we express ourselves, Mm. how we connect, how we build bonds, and how we build memories. And it just gave me such a lovely, warm feeling inside. So that's that's just a a nice addition to why play is so um, good for children emotionally. Um, So there's other benefits too. So on the emotional side, when you put time aside, to do fun activities with your kids, whether it's playing a game or whether it's making fun out of nothing with what you have in your pantry, which we're going to talk about. Um, it, it's about um, being with your child, sharing time, space, and pace with your children. And in today's very hectic fast-paced world, we have to intentionally slow down to our children's pace from time to time because we are often expecting them to speed up to our pace. So when we put a marker in the sand and we say, you know, let's do some fun craft activity or let's do a fun cooking activity or let's do an experiment, um, that's a way of slowing down. And in fact, for adults, one of the benefits is that you put your foot on the pause button. You press the brake probably for the first time in a long time and you slow down a little bit and you're in the moment. And children really get when you are totally all in, in the moment, when you are emotionally present in the moment, when you switch off that cell phone, when you shut that laptop and when you, when you actually show up and you say, I'm here. You don't, you're not actually doing it verbally, but just by your very actions and your behavior, you're showing them that you're all in. Mm. And then let's look at the skills. Um, in fact, 
let's unpack the skills when we speak about some of these fun activities that you can do with your children. Mm-hmm. So some of those the activities that I think are great for children are the ones that absolutely stimulate their imagination, that grab their attention. So Googs, we live in this era of um, distraction, and it's distraction from one screen or another. Yes. So when we pick activities, they need to be kind of out of left field, things that our kids would not have thought about doing themselves. And retro is actually very, very attention-grabbing. So the first thing I'd like to talk about is shellless eggs. Now, we've just had Easter, where we've, of course, devoured lots of Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to focus on a real egg. And this is a science experiment, how to create a shellless egg. So any activity that is fascinating for children will grab their attention and keep their attention. So for shellless eggs, you need an egg, a glass, and some vinegar. And what you do is you fill the glass with vinegar and you place the egg in the glass. And then you gently stir this glass with the egg in it every few hours to remove the gas bubbles that are formed. And after 24 hours, get your children to gently remove the egg from the vinegar with a spoon to see if the shell has dissolved. And if it hasn't, they return the egg to the glass of vinegar for another few hours. Then you remove the egg again and rinse it gently with water and you will notice that the shell has actually disappeared. It has been corroded by the acid in the vinegar. And it's quite bizarre, actually. And children are completely blown away by this. And the great thing here is that you can add in another lesson. And the lesson is, this is why we clean our teeth regularly, to stop acid buildup from eating our teeth, because our teeth are made up of a similar substance eggshells uh-huh so not only are you i guess it is uh, it is fun but you can also then use it as a teaching tool which is often what we can use play for um yes we are engaging our imagination and creativity but it's also great for imparting a lesson or teaching a skill yes and children remember are much more open to learning and remembering the lesson if it is done in a multi-sensory concrete way. So we're not just talking to our children about why it's important to clean your teeth every time they have a glass of Coke. And, and you know, you talk about don't drink too much Coke and don't eat too, too many sweets because they will make holes in your teeth. Now we're actually proving it. We're proving how this concept of acidity um, eating into your enamel of your teeth actually works. And so it becomes far more memorable. They're far more likely to remember it and actually put it into action in their own lives. And one of the other things that you, uh, one of the other ideas is growing your own crystals. How does one do that? Yes, I don't know if you remember being in a science class, probably in late primary school to early high school. Uh, You may have done a crystal growing experiment and you can go to the toy shops and there's plenty of boxed crystal growing experiments that you can actually buy. But you can do this in your own home with what you have in your kitchen. And once again, this is 
a process that will fascinate your children. And it's an experiment. So it's science in action, making thinking visible. So what you need is some bicarbonate of soda, which most people have in their pantry, two glasses or some glass jars, a piece of wool. That's probably the thing that you'll have to go out and buy because not many people um, cook uh, uh, knit today. But I see that it being uh, with winter coming, many of the supermarkets have got wool um, in, in the aisles. Um, and then some boiled water, a side plate and a spoon. So what do you do? You make a solution of bicarb and boiled water and you'll need about seven teaspoons per 250 mils of water. And you add one teaspoon at a time, stirring to dissolve. And then you drape a piece of wool between the glasses. So the one glass um, has, has got um, water in, the other one has got the solution in. And you drape the piece of wool between the glasses, making sure that the tail of the wool in each glass touches the bottom of the glass. And then you place a side plate beneath the lowest point of the wool. So between the glasses, where the wool dips between the glasses, you place a side plate. And then quite literally, you will watch this solution um, wet the wool and you will watch the crystals grow along the wool. So it's the kind of activity the children are going to watch in action across a whole day. And as the day goes on, the crystals will get bigger and bigger and bigger and it's like magic because you've got these solid crystals forming mm -hmm. where there was absolutely nothing before and so it's going to keep your children coming back to check and check and this is a fantastic experiment to do to teach your children the power of waiting remember we spoke about the marshmallow experiment recently mm -hmm. um, and Children who can delay their gratification, who can learn how to wait, do far better in life than children who want everything now. So watching crystals grow is a fantastic way to capture their imagination over time. So once again, this is going to make you as a parent or a grandparent, I know we have many grandparents who listen to this particular segment, a hero in their children's life story, a source of magic, wonder, and surprise. Um, and they're also, I mean, I love this one because it sounds delicious. Chocolate rice crispy nests. Oh, yes. So once again, I thought, you know, with a bit of an Easter theme because we've just had the eggs, now we can make the nest for the eggs. And of course, you can always go and buy those little speckled eggs, those gummy speckled eggs at the supermarket to put inside your rice crispy nest. So what you, what you need is um, cooking chocolate and one and a half cups of Rice Krispies and a muffin pan. And you know those little paper cup holders, uh, those cupcake holders um, that you can buy that you would make cupcakes in. And um, any of those egg-shaped Smarties or colorful egg-shaped sweets like M&Ms or jelly beans or those speckled eggs that we were talking about. So what you do is you put those um, little cupcake holders into a muffin tin and then you melt your chocolate in the microwave. Once again, this is a science experiment. Melting chocolate in a microwave, you've got to do it in spurts because you mustn't overcook it, otherwise you will burn it. So 
you cook it for 30 seconds in a glass bowl, you pull it out, you stir it, um, you put it back in again for another 30 seconds, take it out, stir it, and it's changed state from being in those solid blocks to now being in a liquid state because it's melted. You can also do chocolate in the top of a double boiler, but it's actually way easier to do it in a microwave. Mm-hmm. So next you stir in your Rice Krispies to the chocolate and then you place a heaped dessert spoonful into each paper case. And then just using your finger or the back of a teaspoon, you make a hollow in the middle of your blob of Rice Krispies, which is going to be for the eggs. So you make a nest shape. And then you place a a few of your egg-shaped sweets or your mini Easter eggs into the middle of the nest and you allow allow the nests to cool and harden in the fridge. And when you take them out, of course, you peel, you can peel off the, um, the little cupcake holders if you like. And if you really wanted to make it very Eastery, I know it's a little bit late for this, but you could actually, um, you know, place them on some of that decorative straw uh, for an Easter display next year. And what do kids love about these things, apart from the fact that they look so fun and attractive and tasty, when they actually eat them, there's a magnificent crunch. And that crunch sends a lot of feedback through the jaw, the tongue, and the muscles in the mouth. And there's something really addictive about that sense of crunch, but it's also a texture variety. Um, And giving children that opportunity um, to chew crunchy things that are harder than normal just gives some lovely what we call proprioceptive feedback through the muscles and the joints to the brain. So how hard do I need to chew to get through something crunchy is completely different to how hard I have to choose, say, a soft banana. Um, So once again, children are starting to work out and problem solve how much pressure they need to exert in their jaw when they eat different things, just as they would have to decide how hard to hit a ball or kick a ball to get it to move a certain distance. Mm-hmm. And speaking of in- eating things, and I'm quite interested in how this one happens, bubble gum is one <laughs> of the things you can use to create fun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So bubble gum is also one of those things that a speech therapist would tell you to allow your child to chew. Now, we don't like children chewing the cud all the time and chewing with their mouths open and things like that. But as I was talking about those chocolate nests, those Rice Krispie nests, we were talking about the um, judgment of how hard to chew. And chewing gum strengthens all the muscles and the bits of apparatus in the jaw, the mouth, the cheeks, the tongue, and the lips for good speech. So it's a lovely way of exercising all those parts um, of of the speech-making apparatus. And then the fun part, of course, is if it's bubble gum, you can blow bubbles. So you can have a family competition to see who can blow the biggest bubbles. And it's amazing. It sounds like such an innocuous activity. But actually, it's one of those things that will create memories with your children. You know, you want your kids to to talk about remember when, when they get older. Remember when we did XXX dot dot dot. And that's how we create these family memories. It's not about the, the trip overseas to ski. It's not about the boat at the Val. 
It's actually about the tiny little things when we create magic and fun out of nothing. These are the things that they will remember most and they are far more likely to pass on to their own children. Mm. The other idea for making fun is one of my favorite ones. I still enjoy it as an adult is making a fort. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and if you think about it, Googs, it, it costs nothing but yeah. a little bit of time and imagination. And in modern day, <laughs> modern day parenting, we don't like mess. And so you've got to break through the barrier in your head of making a little bit of mess. Because what you're going to do when you build a fort with your children is you're going to pull out sheets, duvets, blankets. You're going to pull out towels. And you're going to decide where you're going to build this. And it could be in a number of different places. If your child has got a bunk bed, that is the quickest, easiest way to build a fort uh, because you can drape things over the bunk bed. Otherwise, another lovely idea is to pull chairs together in the middle of a room and then you can drape things between the chairs and then you create something where there was actually nothing. But another really fun thing to do, if you've got a dining room table or a kitchen table where you eat your meals, is to drape things over the table so that you create this little um, world beneath the table. And you know there's nothing like breaking the rules. Where do we usually eat? On top of the table. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But what about breaking the rules and having lunch or supper or a tea party? underneath the table once again your children will remember this forever and part of having that little picnic underneath the table is going to be what you plan to eat and so you might be having your little rice crispy nests with the little eggs inside and you might make tiny little sandwiches and you might have little bowls of crisps and dried fruit and you can make um you know things like Fruit skewers, that's another lovely activity to do with your children, is help, help the, let them help you cut up fruit in the kitchen if they're not older to do so, uh, old enough to do so, you cut it up and they thread the fruit onto toothpicks um, or society sticks. And just by being involved in actually creating the food, they are fully emotionally invested in the emotional bonding experience of having the picnic together. Whether it's a picnic in your garden in the sunshine, this lovely autumn sunshine when it's not raining, or whether it is underneath your dining room table in a fort, it's going to create a memory that they will remember forever. Nikki, always a pleasure chatting to you. And if someone is looking for more information about how to create, um, you know, stimulate the kids' imagination, create this world of wonder with what they have at home, where can they go? Right. So um, go to my Parenting Matters closed Facebook page, go and sign up there, and we'll be putting up some of these ideas later today that you can then go and download. Nikki, thank you very much for your time this morning. Thanks, Gogs. Have a wonderful day.